Hi, and welcome. I'm Jim Fries, and this is The Conversation, a podcast airing viewpoints on the impact of artificial intelligence on business and society. In today's episode, we're joined by Dr. Jennifer Flashman, Director of Analytics at Tinder, the world's most popular app for meeting new people. Most people have heard of Tinder, but they may not necessarily be familiar with the technology that powers its hallmark matchmaking capabilities. Today, Jennifer will give us a behind the scenes look at the role of AI in optimizing personalized matches, how the pandemic turned the modern dating scene on its head, and how Tinder has evolved over the last year to meet the brand new generation of daters. Jennifer, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So Jennifer, I understand you're actually a sociology, a sociologist, I should say, by trade, and a well-published one to boot. Can you give us a sense as to why you pivoted to data analytics? Sure. I'd like to say that it was very intentional, but it was actually very accidental. I was a little bit disillusioned with, with the academic world, had a bit of a two-body problem because my, my husband is a philosopher and also an academic. And I sort of randomly saw on a, a listserv from my undergrad this job <laughs> that I thought I was fully unqualified for. And I reached out to the person because I was like, well, I'll get some information. You know, um, <clears throat> he's an alum. He'll tell, tell me a little bit about this. And he was like, oh, apply for the job. And I continued to insist that I was unqualified. And he was like, no, 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 apply, apply. So I applied and I got the job and I was like, well, now I should try it. And it, it turned out to be this great fit that like solved all of my problems. Like my problems with academia was so slow. I felt like I didn't impact anything. I loved my research, but you know, when you spend two, three, four years working on the same project, it gets old. <laughs> so it's a little, I'm sure. and, and a little isolating, right? You know, you're sort of sitting by yourself doing all these things. And it was like, all of a sudden I found like, you know, data science solved all these problems where I could like work really fast. Nothing ever took more than, you know, two weeks or something. Uh, and I was working with this whole team of people and there were always people to like bounce ideas off of. And I think I lucked into a great first role where I had a lot of freedom and autonomy. And I think people listened and it was, it was just fantastic. So I wish it was intentional, but it was a really happy accident. Were, were there specific things about the role at Tinder as, as you kind of like looked at it from the outside in that drew you there? Cause I know you've been there since 2018 and can you walk us through kind of uh, <laughs> your day-to-day -day role and the team you manage? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so initially I was really interested in Tinder because it, it kind of helped me get back to a lot of the academic work that I used to do. So in my previous life, we'll call it, I studied friendship networks and academic achievement education. You're like, what? How is that related to Tinder? I was really interested in how people chose their friends and then ultimately sort of how those friendships impacted their behavior. But like that being able to sort of see that choice was really interesting to me and sort of understanding why they made that choice. And Tinder is actually very similar, right? Like we have created this app that shows you a bunch of people and you get to make a choice, yes or no, on everyone that you see. And so in contrast to like the real world where most of the time we just get to see the yeses, right? You know, you see who people end up with, but you don't actually see who they could have ended up, could have ended up with, but didn't. Uh, on Tinder, we actually get to see that sort of choice process, which is that was the like most intriguing thing about it to me initially. 
when when I came here. There are lots of other great things, obviously, as well. There's, you know, great people and a really nice culture and sort of fun atmosphere. But like that data really brought me in in the first place and that problem space, which is really quite interesting. So day to day, my role, I am one of the directors on the analytics team. So I kind of cover three areas of the app. Trust and safety, which is always very important. The kind of core experiences of the app, which includes recommendations, the sort of chat experience that happens after you match, the general experience, the discovery experience that you have, sort of seeing people and deciding whether to like them or note them, all of that. So I cover that plus then some like core foundational stuff around performance and a lot of stuff that happens underneath it all. And so my team's are responsible for a vast array of things from any experimentation that we do and sort of designing those so that we can learn and understand as well as like exploration to help us figure out strategy for what we do down the line, you know, what is working for our members, what isn't, and helping to build with with our members in mind. So that's a lot of what we do is sort of using our data to help inform the future product decisions, but also sort of what is working and not working for our members. Because ultimately what we care about is that our members are having a good experience in the app. Yeah, absolutely. It must be really cool to work for a company that puts swipe right into pop culture. <laughs> yeah, I have to say it is super fun. The first job that I had in this industry was at a company acquired by Microsoft. And, you know, I would try to explain to people what it was. And everyone, you know, it took a long time and it was hard and no one really had heard of it or had heard of it sort of tangentially. What's great about working at Tinder is like, I, I have to explain it to nobody, right? I yeah. Everyone knows about it and it's it's quite fun. It feels like it is everywhere. It's often in like the New York Times crossword puzzle. That's always a fun thing. And I think like in, in the office too, you know, we know we're Tinder, right? I don't think we take ourselves so seriously. It is meant to be a fun app, a fun experience. And I think we try to bring that into our work as well. Our work should be fun. And it's not rocket science that we're doing, but I do think it, really does influence people's lives. And I think that's sort of this nice balance of like both meaningful and fun and playful that kind of comes together at Tinder. Well, let's actually talk a little bit about the rocket science element of it. Which <laughs> is the role of AI in uh, Tinder's powerful matching system, you know, how has it impacted user experience, AI in particular? Yeah. So what we're trying to optimize for is not just people getting matches, you know, which is important because, right, that's the beginning of a connection and connections are kind of the key to what we're trying to do at Tinder. Not just a connection or many connections, but trying to create quality connections and making sure that sort of when people are matching, that they are actually building something meaningful with those connections. And I think we're doing that, you know, obviously with changes and tweaks to the algorithm and the AI, but I think we're also doing that with a lot of the kind of new features that we have been developing over time. A couple of things that, that have been really interesting that we have done lately, and I think have sort of contributed to how our AI works. So one of the things that's most important for our algorithm is actually how recently someone has been on the, on the app. Um, <laughs> Right. Like that's the key to having a good experience. It's terrible 
to match with someone who who doesn't even seem to be on the app anymore. And so, you know, that's not a great experience for our members. And so that's something that we're always really cognizant of. And that was actually the sort of inspiration behind a new feature that we've released recently called Hot Takes, which actually lets you talk to someone prior to even swiping on them so that you get to have this chat experience with someone who is online right now. So the idea being that like, we know you're online, they know you're online. So like you can have an immediate back and forth and get a kind of immediate gratification that sometimes is a little bit lagging, I think, in in the experience for our members in this sort of standard traditional way of discovery in the app. It's it's, it's really interesting. So over the course of the past two years, in virtually every episode, we've talked about the pandemic and with social (laughs) distancing and shelter in place orders, the pandemic has had a huge impact on everything, including dating and people turned on online apps more than ever. What trends did you and your team see and how did (laughs) Tinder adapt to kind of a new generation of daters? Yeah, that's actually really interesting. Really early on in the pandemic, like just when it started to spread outside of China, uh, we started looking really closely at our metrics and really locally, trying to get a sense of what might happen, right? I think everyone was concerned. For example, we initially looked really closely at Italy, which was one of those first countries outside of China to lock down. And we immediately saw these dramatic drops in engagement metrics, especially in Northern Italy, where COVID was concentrated at that time. <laughs> and, you know, I think initially we were like, oh no, what is what does the future hold for us? And this is actually a great example of why and when one shouldn't always take data at face value. We dug in a bit further and discovered that actually a lot of the drops had come from non-Italians. So these were presumably non-Italians leaving Italy. So either they're studying abroad or on vacation or something. And this big thing started to happen and they, they left. And this really kind of drove down a lot of our engagement within Italy when we were looking really locally. But when we looked just at Italians, it actually was fairly steady, normal engagement. And so, I mean, I think what what we sort of saw here was like right at the beginning of the pandemic, it kind of upended the way that people exist in the world. And in this case, it upended travel. And we were actually seeing the results of that in our numbers. So we're seeing that shift from like a very global world to a really, really local, hyper-local world. So like, you know, that was sort of our first look at things. And then over time, as people were spending sort of more time at home, we saw a real upswing in engagement. So our members were generally swiping more, messaging more, spending more time on the app. Those trends were actually driven largely by our youngest members, like those 18 to 22-year-olds and women in particular, which I thought was very interesting. And kind of in response to a lot of these trends that we saw, we have a feature called Passport. It basically lets you like place a pin anywhere in the world and lets you swipe in that location as if you were there. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, so we made that free to everyone that April, you know, right after the pandemic got, got moving. And we saw kind of a huge response to that, which was super interesting. And it, you know, it was our like small attempt to help our members like scratch that itch to get out of their house and travel and at least kind of virtually meet people. 
around the world. What a great idea. Yeah, and we saw that in our numbers. A lot, I'm sure, a lot of I'm people. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. To, to kind of wrap up, how do you see the role of data and AI evolving at Tinder and maybe just more generally speaking, dating apps in general over the next four to five to 10 years? Well, so the thing that I love most about Tinder is that it gives people this opportunity to meet people who they wouldn't otherwise meet in real life. So, you know, it kind of opened up this world where before Tinder, who was I potentially going to meet for a date? Well, someone who I who I met at a bar or a friend of a friend or, you know, in my neighborhood at work, right? So there's sort of like a set set of places where I was going to potentially meet someone at school. And that was sort of constrained by where I was and like my social milieu and all of that. And then Tinder kind of broke that open and said, hey, none of those things matter. Like we will give you an opportunity to meet anyone. And, you know, obviously you can put preferences around exactly who you're meeting in the sense of how far away they are from you, what gender they are, that sort of thing. But it's still like creating this really neat experience where you actually have this huge opportunity that really never existed before. So when I think about AI and what role it plays at Tinder or just more generally, like I want to make sure that it is continuing to fuel those opportunities. So not narrowing those opportunities, but really giving everyone the opportunity to see that broader world or meet those people who you wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to meet if you walked outside of the door of your house. That's an inspiring future, I think, for, for many people. For sure. And I think every time like we think about how we optimize our algorithm or how how we use different, the information that people provide us in their profiles, for instance, in that algorithm, that's something that I think we need to have in the front of our minds, making sure that we are still enabling that access and that opportunity. Absolutely. Jennifer, thank you very much for joining us. We loved hearing about your own journey into analytics and kind of the evolving role of AI in the uh, online dating space. It's been a pleasure having you on today's episode. It was great being here. Thanks for having me. That's all for this episode of The Conversation. In our next episode, we'll be shaking things up a bit with Dr. Susan Hira, Interaction's own Director of Conversation Design Services. Susan and I will sit down virtually to discuss the growing role of AI in customer experience today and what it takes to build a truly conversational experience. This episode of The Conversation Podcast was produced by Interactions, a conversational AI company. I'm Jim Free signing off, and we'll see you next time.